Welcome to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership, change, and personal growth. The goal? To help you lead like never before in your church or in your business. And now, your host, Carrie Newhoff. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Carrie Newhoff, and I hope our time together today helps you lead like never before. I am really excited to have today's guest on. He's become a friend over the last little while as well. His name is Dave Adamson, but if you've heard of him, you might know him a little bit better as Aussie Dave. And I think all of us kind of love social media and would love to understand it better. Dave has done a pretty incredible thing a couple years ago uh, to help out his daughter. I, I won't steal the story. I'll let him tell the story. He just decided to do Bible devotions on Instagram using pictures and uh, it grew into something much bigger than he ever anticipated. He also got so much response to it that he published a book, which actually released yesterday. So it's called Chasing the Light, Dave Adamson. He's going to talk all about how to use social media to really share a message. And so if you're just an amateur and you're just beginning or you're a church and, well, I guess if you're a church, you're not listening to this, but you know what I mean, right? If you're in charge of social media for your church or you realize, oh my gosh, we need some kind of social media presence for a church or organization, I think you're going to find today's conversation really, really helpful. Plus, Dave is a fantastic guy. And he knows how to brew a proper cup of tea as an Australian. So I say that as a Canadian and, you know, we just, anyway, never mind. <laughs> Commonwealth listeners understand that reference. Anyway, if you're passionate about coffee, those in the Commonwealth are often that passionate about tea. Hey, um, man, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. I just want to ask you, if you have not subscribed yet to this podcast, whether you're listening to it on Google Play or iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, why don't you take a second and do it? Because we got some pretty cool stuff coming up. And that way, every Tuesday, you just, you know, get it delivered to your inbox for free and you never miss an episode. That's really, honestly, for me, I subscribe to about eh, maybe 20 podcasts. It's the only way I really listen to podcasts because you, you hear about something on social media, you're like, oh, I have to listen to it. And then you forget. But if it's loaded on your phone, uh, automatically you get it. So I would love for you to do that if you haven't done it. We've got uh, some really, really great conversations coming up on the podcast. Uh, also, if you are trying to train your volunteers, you ever gotten to that point where like you put all these resources into a training day only to have about 30% of your volunteers show up no matter how hard you tried. And then you're like, uh oh, I, now, now I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. Man, if you've been there, You've got to check out trainedup.org. Uh, they're a brand new organization. They're helping many, many churches figure out how to better train their volunteers. Now, the cool thing is they do it online. So in other words, instead of bringing your volunteers to the training, you bring the training to your volunteers. If you want to check out more, go to trainedup.org. But I, I would highly recommend you at least check it out. Here's why. Because if your volunteers don't have the vision, if your volunteers aren't trained to do what they want to do, you end up really creating bad experiences and never realizing the fullness of your mission. So uh, the cool thing is for a lot of churches, it's like, well, we don't have the ability to like scale a system so that we can train volunteers online. No, that's the whole idea behind Trained Up is they've done that for you. You just have to produce the content and they will deliver it to your volunteers. So anyway, check that out, trainedup.org. Also, all the links are in the show notes today. And uh, hey, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thanks for sharing the love about this podcast. You know, listenership has doubled in the last three months. It's just crazy. So if you're a new listener, hope you go back and listen to some of the archives, starting with episode one and Andy Stanley. And in the meantime, here is my conversation with Ozzy Dave. Dave Adamson. Well, Dave Adamson is with me today, also known as Ozzy Dave. Like, what do you prefer to be called? I mean, you're, you're a return guest on the podcast, but like, is Ozzy Dave, is that just totally a social media handle or like, do people call you Ozzy Dave? No, look, when I first moved to the US, um, my actual first email address was Ozzy Dave at Liquid Church. And so everybody just called me Ozzy Dave. And then after a while, that got shortened to Aussie. And then after a while longer, it got shortened just to, to Oz. Um, and so I, don't, I really don't mind. I'm just happy that you called me, Kerry. <laughs> That's great. Is that because Dave at Liquid Church was taken or something? <laughs> yep. there was Dave, Dave was already taken and David was already taken. So they just went, hey, let's go with Aussie Dave. 
Ozzy Dave, there you go. All right. And is that true? Because, I mean, we've I've spent time a couple of months now, actually, in Australia almost over a couple of visits. But do they shorten everything? Like, I, they couldn't even say registration. It was like rego. Yeah, rego is short for registration. Uh, servo is short for service station, which is, you know, a gas station in the U.S. Uh, so we shorten everything or we add an, a Y or an IE on the end. Okay. Or, so- or an O. You know, it depends what it is. So football becomes footy. Right. Um, you know, so we add a Y on the end. If, you, if your last name's Thompson, you become known as Tomo. Uh, so we like to either add a O, add a Y, or just shorten everything. <laughs> it's really interesting. The next generation of Australians will be speaking in just grunts, probably. Oh, yeah. So it's like perpetual middle schoolers, right? Yeah. Uh, how was your day? <laughs> exactly. Fine. What happened? Nothing. You hungry? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, uh, <laughs> Dave, listen, it's amazing. I mean, last time you were on the podcast, we talked about uh, your incredible job interview and how you told Andy that, you know, although you were hired for something else, you thought North Point could do a lot better up their game and social media. And Andy Stanley took you aside and said, great, you got a new job. And so you've been leading social media now for a couple of years at North Point. But you're also becoming known for something else. And so tell us a little bit about this side hobby that has become something much bigger. You know, about 18 months ago, I started um, really changing up what I was doing on Instagram. I decided to stop taking photos of my food and start to use my social media, especially Instagram, for a purpose. And, uh, oh, man, it's just blown up. I've literally moved from you know, 600 followers and posting three times a week to posting every single day. And now I'm uh, you know, fast approaching 22,000 followers. That's a lot. And you've been doing yeah. um, devotions online. What, would you call it that? What, what would you call it? I mean, I'm a follower. I'm a user. <laughs> I'm a user. I don't know. That, that came out wrong. But I'm a, I'm a follower. I mean, I followed <laughs> you even probably before you made the switch. Yeah, look, I would call them devotions. I also call them Bible stories. Um, yeah. But, the, you know, mixing that Bible story with a little bit of photography, it's really utilizing Instagram for what, what, it, what it's worth. You know, it's an it's a image-based um, uh, channel. And so I'm taking a photo, and what I do is I take that photo and I apply it in some way to, to a scripture story or a scripture idea um, and try to pull out of that some sort of practical application that people can use, you know, in the in the day that they read it. So, I typically post at exactly the same time every day. Six fifteen a.m. is my goal. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's from, it's pretty early. Yeah, it's give or take a couple of minutes, but um, you know that consistency plus giving that practical application in that specific moment first thing in the morning. I think a part of why it's taken off as much as it has. Yeah, and just so people don't spend the whole podcast going, what, what's your handle on Instagram? It's Aussie Dave, right? Yeah, A-U-S-S-I-E-D-A-V. Oh, correct. Aussie Dave. Okay, so... You can search the hashtag Bible in photos as well, and it comes up there as well. So what made you decide to do that? That's a great question, one that I get asked a lot. There's really a story behind it. It wasn't anything that was spiritually profound or anything <laughs> like that. Um, I've got three teenage daughters, and um, you know, my youngest daughter, uh, Jordy, she suffers with dyslexia. And so, you know, she's getting a lot of remedial reading classes in and all that sort of stuff. And she's, it's something that she's always struggled with, and she's always been a little bit self conscious of. Um, but man, uh, I don't know what happened. We did something right, Kerry, because she loves Jesus. She is just passionate about God. And, you know, she's our spiritual kid. She's the one who prays late into the night and usually prays out loud for all of the rest of the house to hear, which is fantastic. Um, but obviously with dyslexia, she struggled to read the Bible. And so about 18 months ago, uh, I used to get her up early because her bus would leave early. And so I just started teaching her the Bible. And I, sh- I found that if I showed her one of the photos that I'd taken, you know, that week or, or, or previously on a trip somewhere, something like that, and I related that to the Bible, I saw lights go on for her. I started to realize that the way she learns is very visual. So I would show her a photo and then I would say, hey, this photo, Geordie, is kind of like this story in the Bible. And then I would share the Bible story with her. And she really started to grasp uh, these uh, biblical ideas and these biblical concepts and could re- not just uh, understand them, but she could recite them back the next day or she would tell me how she told her friend that same story and, and taught her. So that's really where it started. I started teaching my 12-year-old dyslexic kid 
uh, some Bible stories using my photos. And then there was a point where I went, you know what? If I put these on my Instagram feed, my kids will have a record of everything I know about the Bible and about Jesus and about faith for the rest of their lives. After, long after I'm gone, they can go to my Instagram account and still be learning things from me about the Bible. That's my hope anyway. So that's why I started putting them up on Instagram. That's really cool. Well, that is a really neat story, the way that came together for your daughter. But obviously, it's gone way beyond that. So yeah. this idea of... Now, you're a photographer as well, right? Yep. Do you, do you take every picture or do you use some stock or other people's images? How does that work? No, every photo is mine. Um, and sometimes the scripture will dictate the photo and sometimes the photo dictates the message depending on what I've got in my archive and what I've got available. Oh, so it's kind of like a preacher. Sometimes you just have this idea, you find the scripture, and sometimes you have the scripture and you find this idea. <laughs> um, sometimes, I, t- I tell you what, doing it that way has really stretched me personally from a, from a spiritual point of view myself. The amount of books I've had to read in order to keep up and and try to provide something fresh every day. It's been really, it's been incredible for my own faith. Okay, now this is not only on Instagram, it's become a book, right? So last month, we'll see exactly when this episode releases, but this fall in October, your book releases. What's the book called? Uh, How did it become a book? Yeah, so the book is going to be called Chasing the Light, and there's a reason for that, which I'll get back to. But essentially, you know, I work at North Point, um, and there's a lot of people around us, our staff that have been reading my devotions for a while. And, and North Point has a resources section where we create content. And one of the guys over there introduced me to uh, another guy who works with North Point. Uh, and that one thing led to another, and we started discussing my Instagram feed, and, and he started watching it grow. And and uh, he's a guy who runs a book publishing company called Freely Give. And he said to me one day, hey, I would love to turn your Instagram uh, account into a devotional. Would you be up for that? So I said, yeah, for sure. You know, I wanted to get my photos published and, and this was a great way to do it. So really what I've tried to do is take the devotions that uh, I've been writing already, pair them with great photography and turn it into a book that I hope is as at home in the Christian section of a bookstore as it is in the photography section of a bookstore. Hmm. Um, so that, and that's part of the reason why I called it chasing the light. You know, uh, it's really, that's a photography term that photographers are always chasing light because without light, <sighs> we can't have a photo. But it's also a spiritual concept. You know, as a, as a follower of Jesus, I feel like I'm following or chasing after the light of the world. Um, so hopefully through this book, through these daily devotions, I'll help people start chasing the light of the world a little bit more as well. Cool. Really, technically, what do you shoot with? Nikon, Canon, iPhone, uh, Android? What do you shoot with? Or you have a variety <laughs> of cameras? Yeah, I've got a variety of cameras. I shoot. I just typically shoot with a Canon um, 7D, 5D, um, a range of different lenses. But just recently, I've been getting into uh, Fuji mirrorless. Um, I'm using a Fuji X-T10. Uh, I just got back recently from a trip to, the, to Israel and the Holy Land. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever carried around a full-bodied Canon with a 70 to 200 lens on it, but it gets pretty heavy. Never? Nope. <laughs> well, we were in the middle of summer and we were doing a lot of walking and I knew I didn't want to walk around with a, a, a body that big. So I took a couple of Fuji mirrorless cameras and they were absolutely amazing. Uh, so light, so compact. Um, it was very, uh, you know, run and gun sort of stuff because, you know, I was, I was with a, a group of people, but got tons of great photos that really captured what I wanted it to capture in such a small little body as well. It was really? Amazing. So mirrorless as in like, what is the difference? I'm sorry. I'm just speaking to the gearheads, and I'm sort of yeah. interested enough in photography to really like be curious yeah. about what you're shooting with. So with a regular full frame DSL, like a like a, a DSLR, like a, a Canon 5D, for example, the yeah. light will come in and it hits a little mirror before sending it up uh, through to the sensor. So with a mirrorless camera, that mirror is gone. So the light comes straight in and hits hits the sensor. And what that means is that you don't have to have the space inside the body for this little mirror. Uh, so the whole body becomes a whole lot smaller. The, the, the Fuji that I use, really height and um, width, is not much bigger than my iPhone. So it's like a point and shoot, really. Well, it's it, it looks like a point and shoot, right, right, but it's right. got interchangeable lenses, and I use it in full uh, full manual mode, shoots RAW and JPEG. It's an amazing piece of equipment. That's really neat. And man. here's a here's a great thing for your listeners who are in church. 
Now, you know, a lot of churches these days, when it comes to social media, are looking for ways to improve their photography. Mm-hmm. Um, these Fuji mirrorless XT10s, you can get a, a kit lens and the body for, you know, less than 800 bucks. That's not bad. Like if you're looking at serious photography, that, that I know it sounds like a lot of yeah. money if you're used to paying, you know, just shooting on your phone these days. I don't think people really buy cameras unless they're into photography anymore. <laughs> but yeah. that, that's a really good price. I mean, you can, you can drop two grand before you blink on a DSLR. If you look at the new Canon 5D Mark IV, that body alone is like over $4,000. So, um, you know, this this Fuji is an amazing piece of equipment. We I use it all the time at North Point, in fact, when we're shooting worship services and stuff like that. Yeah, and I don't want to digress too much, but, you know, photographer on Sunday morning, that's a position we added to our volunteer force in the last year. It's just so important oh, really? with social media. Yep. It's just like we everybody was trying to take pictures while they were doing something else. And so now... Every single Sunday, we just have people. It's like your ministry is to take pictures, and yeah. it's been a lot better. Yeah, we we have the same thing at North Point. Uh, we have volunteers who are shooting our photos, and really, you know, this ties in so well. Why do we have volunteer photographers on Sunday? Because we're trying to tell the story yes. of our church, and I we're trying know. to present that to people to so that it invites them in. And really, that's what I'm doing with my Instagram account. I'm trying to tell the story of the scripture, the story of the Bible, the greatest story ever told. And I'm just using modern photography to tell that story. You know, I heard a theologian named Leonard Sweet once said that images are the language of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, that captures exactly what I'm trying to do. It started with my, my little girl and it spread to you know, thousands of people who read it every single day and who apply the, the teachings of the Bible based off a photo that I took down at the beach in Florida. Yeah, pretty amazing. That's crazy. Okay, so that's the photography side. Um, you've done different styles over the years, but what apps yep. do you use, or is it all done in Photoshop now? Like, how do you actually compose the graphic on top of it? Because your your work is beautiful. And then we'll talk about the, um, you know, you you write the devotion off the pic yep. in the comment yep. section, or really with with your Instagram feed. Yeah, so I, I've tried a bunch of different apps to try to do what I wanted them to do. But um, really, uh, I use Photoshop all the time now. It's sort of developed into Photoshop because I really wanted... So you, you've probably seen a lot of Instagram accounts where uh, people will take a, a great photo and they'll put uh, a Bible verse over the top of it. I want my Bible verses um, to integrate with the photos. So a lot of gotcha. times what I'm doing is I'm, I'm running the, the, the text or the box that is around the text behind trees and behind uh, post stumps and, and behind waves and things like that because I really want it to feel like it's integrated into the image, not just thrown on top of the image. And there's just no app that does that. So I do it all in Photoshop. Um, a couple of times I've done it using the Photoshop um, app on my phone uh, on my phone or on my iPad. But really without something, a tool like Photoshop, um, that's the only way I can achieve the look that I'm going for. Did you start with like Word Swag and apps like that? Yep, started with all of those, and Over, I think, was the very first one I oh, used. Oh, I remember Over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over. yeah that was a while ago. Um, but yeah, I think just my my needs were, were and what I wanted to achieve, um, just uh, were beyond what the app could do. I get that. So how many hours a day does this take you? It sounds like it's a job. <laughs> um well, here's the great thing. I've got a lot of this already, you know, all the devotions already written down because I've just been journaling and, and all that sort of stuff. So realistically, I probably put about, and this sounds terrible. I want people to think it's more than this, but now I've got it into such a system that it's really only like maybe 30 minutes a day to create one. That's incredible. Um, and I'm back, you know, I've got a, a backlog of them. Um, right. you know, so you're, you're kind of working a month or two in, in advance. Yeah, essentially is what I'm doing. It's probably not a month. It's only probably a couple of weeks. And and I date them all, and I really am praying that the one that I've dated for that day will have an impact. But there are times, like just the other day, it's funny, you know, I was telling my daughter this yesterday. Um, there are times when I, I've got one dated for a specific date, but I hold it back um, because I feel like I should. And then when I release it, I get all these comments saying, this was exactly what I needed exactly at this time. So, you know, it was such a timely thing for them. So those things are great. I love when those things happen. That, that's cool. So about 30 minutes a day. And, and that's not yep. too bad. And again, I was gonna, my next question was going to be, how do you do the seven-day-a-week thing? Because, you know, life comes up. Your kids are sick or, you know, you're traveling somewhere. 
Uh, but you obviously are working so far ahead. It's like this podcast. I'm, I'm recording this at the end of the summer of 2016, but I have four or five episodes left to record for the year, and the year's done. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Uh, so that means some days I can go with uh, you know, not doing anything, but, and I just use my backlog. Like when I was away in Israel, I, I knew I didn't have access to my computer or anything like that. So I already set everything up. I had it, all the photos downloaded into my phone. I had all the devotions written out in Evernote, and I could just cut and paste. Right. And so you did a live post at 6.15. Do you live post or do you post off? Can you do Instagram via buffer or can you? You can't. Every social media manager in the world will, will tell you that that's the most frustrating thing. Yeah. So yeah, I have to live post. Uh, one, on the way over to Israel, I put, I brought the plain Wi-Fi, you know, the GoGo or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I could have post at 6.15 Atlanta time. Um, and then the way it just worked out, I mean, it was we, we were back at our hotel by the time it was 6.15 Atlanta time, so I was able to post. What do you think the key is to inspiring people in a way that is both faithful to, to scripture, but not like cheesy or, you know, like there's, there's a lot, I, I had done the, the scripture over an image thing for a while and then I've done it less lately. Um, but I, I found that people were telling me, man, that's my only devotion. Like that is like you, you are my devotions in the morning and I didn't post every day like you did, but I felt like that was too much pressure. So I kind of, you know, went back to posting pictures of my food, but Tell, tell me tell me more about that. Like, what are some keys to inspiring people? And how do you deal with that if somebody says, man, you are the way I read the Bible? Yeah, you know, um, I get that from time to time. Like, I get a lot of direct messages and emails and things like that. I mean, it is so humbling. And I try to keep reminding myself I'm doing this for my daughters. I mean, that's the reality. So that's the thing that keeps me most grounded. As far as, like, what I do to, to uh, inspire people, I I kind of use, and I know you're aware of this, Andy Stanley has a very uh, laid out communication style and a communication strategy. Uh, you know, yeah. it's the you, me, um, I'm going to get yeah. this wrong now that I'm no, on the No, me, spot. you, God, we, no, I'm going to get it wrong. Me, me, me you, you, God, God you, you, we. we. Yeah, and so I really, it's in, in communication, communicating for change. Right. All our listeners were way ahead of us on that, by the way. Just so you know, we got yes. totally schooled. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, if you're listening. We're uh, close. We tried. We got it in the end. Teamwork. Yeah. It worked better. Um, so I literally just use that. I mean, I try to keep it very, very short. I've got a very set space. In, I, I write everything in Evernote, and I've got a very set space that I want to take up. But realistically, that's what I'm doing. I'm using that model to, to communicate something. So it's all about setting up hey, this is the photo and this is how I, why I took it and why it stood out to me. Then applying that to, to God in some way, scripture, and then bringing it back to, well, what does this story of scripture tell us about what we should do today? So I try to make it extremely practical on the back end that says something to the effect of, you know, how can this story of scripture impact uh, what you do, how you behave, how you think, the words you say, how you serve the people around you today, or what would your world look like if you actually put this uh, scriptural idea into practice. So I always try to make it practical as well, and that's probably the big help. Uh, the other thing with Instagram is I try to make it personal from the point of view of interacting with the people who are reading. You know, sometimes, some days it's a, hey, if you struggle with this like I do, let, let me know so that I can pray for you. Um, mm-hmm. So I try to make it very interactive as well, and that's, that's a huge piece that I think a lot of people miss when they're just putting Bible verses over the top of a photo. Yeah, you know, that's that's interesting because I, I think one of the things you said to me last time we chatted is that on social media, the question mark is the new period. In other words, this is yes. asking questions. Say more about that because I know a lot of listeners are trying to get engagement. They would love to see growth on Instagram. They would love to see growth in, in just people engaging with their content. And you think asking questions is a great way to do that. Yeah, for sure. So I, I was at a conference uh, about a year ago and a friend of mine, Phil Bodel from Atlanta, he said this throwaway line for him uh, that he tries to use more question marks than periods. Mm-hmm. And that really stood out to me because that summed up something that I've been experimenting with and trying to do for a while now. And so, yeah, what I say to people now is uh, question marks are greater than periods because a period ends a conversation, but a question mark invites people into a conversation. And that's really what social media is all about. 
True. Right? We've got to, you know, I said this to you last time. Social media is a telephone, not a megaphone. Well, if mm. I'm using periods, the conversation's over. But if I'm using question marks, then I'm engaging and inviting somebody in to a conversation that I hope will continue. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so back to this idea that a lot of leaders are like, I want more engagement. Maybe I'm going to write some devotions. What, what sure. advice would you give them? And what are some principles? Like, obviously, people could copy you know, they can follow you and just copy, but you're not going to find your own voice in that. What are some principles you think that really engage people in and how can we help listeners figure out how to do this? Yeah, you you just said uh, a key part of it. You find your own voice. I think you've got to find the thing that's is really what gets you out of bed in the morning. For me, it's photography. For me, it's my kids. And so I'm trying to create things that uh, are in my voice, and that means something uh, to me personally. The other part of it is authenticity. You know, so many times, one of the things that one, so many times, what I will write is, "Hey, this is something that I never really understood." until I started to look through it through this lens or until I read this author or until I listened to this message. And then I talk about how I learned something and how I then apply that learning to my life, my marriage, my parenting, my ministry, my work, whatever it might be. So a huge part of it for me is just that authenticity. I mean, just saying, hey, I'm not perfect. I struggle with stuff. Um, the other thing that I find uh, a lot on social media when people are doing devotions is it becomes so long. It's such a long, long read yeah. that I, when people look at it and they see 7,000 words, they go, hey, I don't have time for that. I don't yeah. have time to, to read through that thing. Um, so I try to keep mine very, very short. You know, mine are three sentences. Uh, well, three paragraphs. Each paragraph is maybe two sentences. So realistically, okay. I'm six or seven sentences at the most. Here's the so what's your thing. word count? Remember, like 50, 70 words, 100 words? Uh, I would say, yeah, my word count's about 100 words. 100 words. Um, and okay. for me, and I think for anybody who's in communication, you know, one of the things I got told when I was a journalist back in my old life in Australia was anybody can write 2,000 words. It, it's a lot harder to write 200 words. And True. that's a skill. It's so hard when every word is valuable. Every word means, you know, the word count restricts you to making sure you're choosing the exact right words. Um, that makes it more concise. But I've found that it, it helps me as a communicator, but it also makes it more impactful because people are more inclined to read it than the 2000 word blog post that you might have read. Right. No, that's a really good point. So succinct. And I love that idea about your own voice. I mean, what it sounds like to me, Dave, is that one of the reasons you've been able to do this for a couple of years now is you roll out of bed every day being you. You're not, you're not yeah. trying to you know, imitate somebody else. These are pictures you took. And you were taking photos long before you, you did the oh, you know, yeah. Bible and photos thing. So that was native to, to who you are and your personality. Uh, you get a love for scripture, you do your devotions and, and so on. And so it's very reproducible. It's like even with my blog, when I write on my blog, people are like, where do you get your ideas? It's like, well, that's just the stuff that's in my head. I mean, that's what I think about every day. So it's very easy to do it every day when that's really who you are. Yeah, you're, well, you're writing about things that you've either experienced or that you're experiencing or that you know you're about to experience, right? That's Bingo. When I read your blog, that's what I'm seeing. It's, you're not talking about selling cars or selling houses or stock market. Yeah. You're talking about the world that you're in. And so whatever world that you're in, whatever is surrounding you, a lot of the photos that I take are either from Australia or they're from New York or they're from Atlanta. Why? Because they're the places that I live. And they're the places where I first experienced God. So if you're writing from your own experiences, your own environment, then your voice is naturally going to be there and it's going to be your own. The other other thing that, you know, I was just thinking then as you're talking that for me, it's also about I really want uh, people to have an aha moment. I want them to go, I've never heard that before. or I've never read that before. or I've never looked at it that way before. And the photos really give me an opportunity to, to, to lean into that a lot. You know, just by, by having an image there, it makes people see things just a little bit differently. And so that's become a really powerful tool for me as well. Okay, it raises really interesting points, though, because this is something you do as Dave, right? As Ozzy Dave, this is just who you are. This is your personal ministry. And I know there are some leaders who are like, oh, good, I could do this on my blog or my Instagram, or I could do this, you know, on Facebook, whatever they want to do. Um but there are others who manage accounts for churches or for organizations or for charities. Is it possible, like, 
to do this for an organization? And then how do you balance your personal voice, if you're the writer, uh, with the corporate voice? Yeah, that's really good question and something <laughs> that's really tough. Obviously, you know, there's a reason why I do this in my own voice and there's a reason why I do it for me. And, and as I said before, a large part of that is just because of my kids. But when you're doing stuff like this, like I have to apply this in my job at North Point. Yeah, your job is social media. Yeah, and I have to turn, uh, I have to uh, give away my own voice to push the corporate voice, the, to push the church's voice. And that's, it's easy for me to do that because I believe in the vision of our church. Yes, And I see the value of the vision of our church. And I've seen the success in the vision of our church. And unless uh, I give, you know, unless I believe in that vision 100%, then I'm not going to be able to switch my voice off as soon as the nine to five starts. Uh, the reason I can do it is because um, I, I believe in that vision and that mission, that strategy so uh, importantly that I let that uh, influence my voice, not the other way around. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah. So have you seen like cross-pollination where you can take some of what you're developing on the side and use it at North Point? Yeah, totally. It happens okay. all the time, especially from a picture's point of view. You know, some of the photos that I take are great, uh, end up on our social media pages because they're photos of the local area. And we really want to, you know, push our local environment around our local churches. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of times that happens. Um, I found that it often, you know, the skills that I've picked up in Photoshop and trying to uh, integrate uh, text uh, ha- helps me create better posts for our church down the track. Probably the, the way that it's most often integrated into what I do at church is, you know, every Sunday um, at North Point in our green room, all the production, all the stage people, everybody who's involved in the service programming gets together in the green room and somebody will do a devotion. And so a lot of the times I'm called upon to do that devotion because I've written 365 of them in the past year. <laughs> yeah. So I've got them ready to go. But I'm able to, you know, what I'm able to do in those moments is really take a group of, you know, 30, 40 people and, and teach and preach and, and, and share with them something that I hope will inspire them as they go out to hit the Sunday uh, routine. Um, so that's probably the way that it most uh, has integrated into what I do. It's become a little thing that I do now every, almost every week, and I love that part of it. Mm. That's neat. So there is some synergy there. It's not two completely separate worlds. What are some mistakes to avoid in doing social media devotions? Oh, writing ones that are way too long would be the mm-hmm. first part, trying to, trying to explain a really complex theological idea on Instagram and using 3,000 words to do it. Well, you can't do that because Instagram ultimately has a word limit anyway. It does, um, actually? I didn't know that. Okay, I've never yeah, come close does. to hitting it. Yeah, it's pretty extensive, but eventually it does reach a limit. Um, so I would say keep it short, keep it concise, keep it to one thing. Don't have 12 points, have one point. Save the second point for tomorrow's post. Save the third point for the day after's post. That would be my biggest thing. Uh, I see so many people. I've got so many great friends in ministry, and I tell them, dude, I really want to read what you've written because I know that you're you're smarter than I am, and and I love your insights, but I just don't have 24 minutes to read Mm. that many words. Can you break it up for me? Um, So for me, a lot of it is just about keeping it very short. Um, that's really helped, but um, I see a lot of people doing that uh, the other way around. The other one is, I would say, you know, one of one of the things I, I suffered from this early on. I would just uh, place uh, the text over the image and not really think about what it does to the image or what it does to the text. Um, you know, or, or I'd pick the wrong picture to go with the wrong text, and and it, it became very incongruent. So I really try to focus through: does this text, does this Bible verse, does it integrate well with the picture, and does it explain the picture? Does it enhance the picture? And how can I make sure that I'm not just putting laying text over the top of an image and therefore ruining the image. So I really try to take time to pick the right photo and the right text to go with the right story. Uh, I'm glad you raised the whole interplay between text and picture because my next question was going to be, what mistakes do you see people making with the image itself? What are, what are some tips to like effective? Because there are, there are just pictures you look at that you just instantly want to like double tap. You just want to like, yep. and others you're kind of like, eh. What's, what's the key to that? You're a photographer as well as a, a writer. 
Yeah, so from a photography, straight up photography point of view, um, you know, w- with a photo, you're trying to capture a moment, but that moment tells a story. So, you know, if it's a moment of a sunrise and, and somebody's jumping up in front of that sunrise, I've used photos like that before. I'm trying to tell a whole story with one image. And if I start to lay text over the top of that, then the image becomes null and void. Um, so I'm trying to pick that sort of image. I, I found through my testing and through experimenting here and there that if I use the you know, there's a trend or there was a trend a little while ago of using very small font on a big picture uh, on Instagram. Yeah, I saw you go through that phase. I did. It's like, yeah. the font's so, getting real tiny. Yeah, so I had to, I, what I started to realize was I was getting much more engagement when I blew the text up a little bit. And I always wondered why. And then I realized something that should have been obvious. You can't blow up photos on Instagram. You can't pinch them and they open up. Um, <laughs> so people are, you know, got to pull their phone really close to their face or I make the text bigger. So that's a huge one for me is making that text just a little bit bigger. Also find that darker photos don't tend to get as much interaction as brighter photos. So I try to really pick a photo that has a brighter image. Yeah, if you think about it, people are scrolling through their phones and what I'm trying to get them to do is to stop their phone, uh, stop their scrolling for just a second and, and have a look at what I'm saying. So, um, you know, st- studies have shown that brighter photos uh, do that. You mean Blurry just like not, not dark or blue or, or whatever, they just tend to have a lot more sunlight and, and contrast in them? Exactly. If it's not sunlight, then it's contrast. I've used some black and white images before that have gotten me a really good, have gotten a really good response. And I believe that that's because of the contrast in it. So something like that, not an overall dark image. I think, I think we've covered a lot of this, but just in case there's a random thought that we haven't been able to articulate, what are, what are any best practices that haven't really come to the forefront for leaders right now that you can think of? Yeah, the, the one that I would say that probably jumps straight into my mind is consistency. You know, I think part of the success that I've had is because people can rely on the fact that at 6.15 in the morning, I'm going to post something. Um, they know that it's waiting there when they wake up or something like that. If I played around with my time too much, I, I, I don't think I would have had quite the success that I've uh, had with it. Um, and, and the funny thing is, you know, Instagram will tell you that 6.15 in the morning is the worst time to post um, because people are typically on Instagram later into the afternoon and evening. But I've stuck with that time despite those statistics. And that consistency has really helped boost my engagement and boost my following a big, uh, in a big way. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you did you start with daily or did you have to make a decision along the way, kind of like I did with blogging? For me, it was three times a week for my podcast. At first, it was going to be bi-weekly yep. and then we did, no, every single Tuesday. And I mean, I've been up at four o'clock in the morning if the podcast, for whatever reason, didn't load, texting people going, uh-oh, we got to get this out. Like, you know, it's that consistency yep. of being there, but it's a discipline. How did you get there? Yeah, I just made the decision that I'm going to do it every single day. Um, and again, most of the reason for that was because I wanted to teach my daughter and I wanted to have something for her when she got up. But I find the bigger discipline for me is not is posting only once a day because there are other times I want to post. Uh, there's other things that are going on in my life that I want to post about. So I have the discipline comes in in not posting those things or choosing another platform. And that's really what I've started to do. Uh, Instagram has become my ministry and I use for, for personal things, I use Facebook or Twitter. Oh, okay. So Instagram, yeah, that is true. I noticed that. Like that is the only thing you post is that once a day, 6.15, yeah. the devotion. And then you don't have a separate like personal Instagram account. You just do that for Ozzy Dave. Yeah, this is the only Instagram account I have. Um, you know, when I when you consider that I'm also doing social media for North Point, um, I've got enough enough accounts to manage already. I don't have time for a separate yeah, account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you just dump it over to Facebook if you got to talk it'd, about something, right? Yes, it'll be like you having a separate blog uh, that you have instead of your your actual blog. Oh, you're giving me a headache right now. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like you're right. Nobody's got time for that. Um, now, you indicated before that your Instagram really has grown. Uh, what's been your approach or strategy? Like some of that's organic and it's just God or whatever. Um, but has there been any intentionality behind it to the extent that you can share with leaders who want to see a platform grow? Um, yeah, uh, look, it has all been organic. I haven't done any advertising for it. Right. Um, I do a little bit of cross channel, uh, stuff where, uh, you know, I'll post, I'll take, I'll copy the link to the Instagram post and, and, and post that to Twitter once or twice a day. 
Um, that's really all that I do. I got a, a couple of requests early on to create a Bible in Photos Facebook page, which I did, and and but I'm pretty inconsistent with it purely because, as you've said, you know, it takes time to do it. I don't have time then to copy it across to a Facebook page as well. I mean, it's there and it's got some great following, and 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 I hope that I can start to build that up. But realistically, no, I, I've just grown this organically on Instagram. Uh, the big thing that helped, um, you know, I did a, a couple. I've done a couple of Bible devotions for the U version app. Mm-hmm. And the second one that I did a seven a seven day devotion um, for some whatever reason God ordained I don't know or I was just in the right place at the right time a U version had it as their reading plan of the month and I got a ton of followers off the back of that I mean that's where my my uh, Instagram following really did a hockey stick. It, it really went up and to the right very sharply as a result of that. And so it, it's just continuing that on. How do you do a U version? Like, did, did you submit that or did they write to you and say, hey, could you do one? Or like, how, how does that even work? No, I wrote to them and, and just said, hey, this is an idea that I've got and I really want to use images. I knew that Instagram, uh, sorry, U version at the time were really pushing uh, heavily into images. Yeah. And I think they just... They just started, you know, you can create your own Bible yep. verse image now with them. It was just after they started that that I submitted my first one saying, hey, I'm doing this thing where it's all based on photos. Are you interested? And because that was such a different approach for them, nobody had approached them with that style of, of devotion. They said, yeah, we'd love to pick it up. So I, I did that and every single day had a devotion attached to it. That was a 15-day plan. And then later on, I did a seven-day plan because I read that apparently only – 40% of people finish a plan over two weeks. So I went with one week and, you know, that one's had, you know, nearly a quarter of a million people subscribe to it and 150,000 completions to date. So a lot of, uh, I had a lot of uptick in my Instagram following on the back of that. Oh, that's good to know. So leveraging other platforms, hashtags, has that helped at all? Cause you're a hashtag user. Yes, I'm totally a hashtag user. Hash, uh, Instagram allows 30 hashtags only. I use 28 every single post. Uh, <laughs> Just cut and face. <laughs> this is consistent. This is consistency and research. So I researched the top uh, Christian. Uh, focused and photography focused uh, hashtags used on Instagram. I found the top uh, 30 best. I took a couple of them off to allow myself to have some room if I needed to. And I literally uh, copy and paste those uh, every single day. Now, here's the thing though. I don't put them into the post. I post and then I make sure that the very first comment is my comment with all my hashtags. That way, when people start to comment, they lose all the hashtags in their feed. Does that make sense? So yeah. what appears in their feed is just the text, not the hashtags. A lot of I see a lot of other people doing this, and people don't want to read the hashtags. I do it to get uh, you know to, as an on ramp into conversations that are already happening, so that my devotions appear in conversations that are already happening on Instagram. But I don't want people to get to not read it because of all these hashtags in it. So I post it as the first comment and let it just drop down. Yeah. So just in case there's somebody who's like really interested in this and listening, but not sure why hashtags are important. Can you just give us the uh, hashtag 101 real quick? Yeah. So I see hashtags as this. Hashtags are are a way for people to get, uh, for your post to get into a conversation that's already happening on Instagram. I see it like an on-ramp onto a freeway. There are conversations already happening where people are using these hashtags and all I'm doing is I'm using hashtags as an on-ramp into that conversation that's already happening so that I can go along with the stream uh, of popular conversation. And people search via hashtag, right? Yeah. Ultimately, people can search for me using the hashtag Bible and photos, for example. So it's a great way for that. Uh, it's a great use for that. But I more use it to get involved in a conversation that's already happening and it's been happening for months before I post. Yeah, that's cool. So any final words for leaders who want to encourage others with use of scripture online? Yeah, I would, I would say this. Be consistent um, and try to do it as excellently as you as possible and try to be authentic don't try to copy what Karen Newhoff is doing don't try to copy what Andy Stanley is doing do what you're doing be who God made you to be that's really how it started for me that's really what took it off for me I think because I was being a dad who cared about his kids and wanted to teach them about the Bible and I'm a photographer so it matched well for me so use whatever platform matches most and best with your personality and your gift set. I think that's that's probably the, the advice I would want to give. Where do you see, I, I, I didn't put this in the, in the questions, but I mean, you are a social media 
expert. It's what you do every single day yep. of your life for years now. Where do you see social going? And what, you know, if somebody's like, yeah, that's all good, but I just think this whole social thing is overblown. What would you say to them? Uh, I get that quite often, you know, people wondering whether or not it's, it's a waste of their time. But, you know, this is where people are. The last statistic that I read recently showed that uh, the average person spends 2.5 hours per day on social media. People aren't sitting in their car, unfortunately, going, hey, I wonder what's going on at northpoint.org or, or anything like that. They're, not, they're just not doing that. But they are sitting in, their, in the carpool. They are sitting at the office. They are standing in the shopping centers looking at uh, social media. So as the church, we really need to be in the place that people are. That's how we become salt in the world. That's how we get to uh, have those conversations that we otherwise wouldn't have. So we need to be there and we need to be there excellently. We need to be doing stuff that is is great. We need to be doing stuff that is different. We need to be leveraging the technology of our day to reach as many people as possible, just like Paul did in his day. He used the technology of his day, right, which was a pen and paper mm-hmm. to write letters. Uh, for anybody under 20 listening, writing is when you put a pen in your hand and you move your <laughs> wrist around. Um, but that was the technology of his day. And we're just trying to do exactly the same thing. We have this unique opportunity, Kerry, for the first time in human history that we can literally go into all the world. This podcast we're yeah. doing can be seen around the world as soon as it's released. It is. This is crazy. Right? So as the church, we need to leverage that. We need to be passionate about that. We need to be excited about that. We need to be thinking of new ways to use it to tell the greatest story that was ever told. I I saw a great picture today on Twitter, and uh, the caption was simply, kids today are completely addicted to their phones. And it was a picture from the 1940s of the New York subway system, and everybody sitting there with a folded newspaper in their hand staring at the newspaper. (laughs) I thought, well played, well played. We've always been drawn um, to some form of, you know, interaction or news or whatever. No longer is it a newspaper. It just happens to be the phone in our hands. But to see all these people on the way to work, you know, just not interacting, staring at a paper was a great parable about how we wring our hands over our culture today. I think the internet can be used for good or evil. I love, Dave, the fact that you're using it for good. Tell us about, um, is it Chasing the Light? Tell us about Chasing the Light, because the book isn't released right now, um, but it will be by the time everybody hears this. So tell us where they can find it, where they can find you. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on a copy, because I think this is exactly the kind of book. Would you call it like a coffee table book where you just pull it out and like it's just, ah, good for my soul? Or, or what is it? Yeah, I would say that it's kind of like a, a, a high-end coffee table photography book meets Jesus Calling, um, wow. where we take um, great images with a devotion that will hopefully inspire you, hopefully teach you something fresh and new about Scripture, and hopefully help you to apply that scripture to you the day ahead. So it's really, that's how I've been trying to describe it. A high-end coffee table photography book meets Jesus Calling. Um, it's called Chasing the Light. Uh, it's going to be available at a bunch of different places, including Amazon. Obviously, don't have the link available right now. But if you go to bibleinphotos.com, all the information will be there. Or you can follow me on Instagram, Aussie Dave, A-U-S-S-I-E-D-A-V-E. Uh, that's my Instagram account. All the details will be there as well. Brian Dodd says you are the number one follow on Instagram. I love that. I know. That was amazing. I had no idea he was going to do that. I was so humbled by that. But Brian Dodd's amazing. Isn't he's he an amazing leader. guy. He really is. Yeah, he's been a he, guest on the podcast too. So I want you to follow Dave on his channels, but in case you forgot everything, just go to the show notes, kerryneuhoff.com. We'll have all the links to Dave's social and the brand new book, Chasing the Light, and where you can follow him on Instagram which will be great. I hope you all do because he is the number one follow on Instagram. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Kerry. Dave, thanks for hanging out with us again on the podcast. Really appreciate you, man. No worries, mate. Cheers. Well, you can see why hanging out with Dave Adamson is so much fun, right? I mean, it's just it's just great. So anyway, hey, if you want more, uh, including the links to his new book, Chasing the Light, make sure you drop by the show notes there at kerryneuhoff.com slash episode 116. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so. We are back next week dealing with an issue that I think everybody deals with in leadership and certainly in ministry. And that is, why am I always so disappointed? 
And my guest is Christine Hassler. And she has written all about and speaks around the world on the whole issue of expectation hangover and why do we end up being so disappointed and how do you get through it? Really great conversation with her. And again, if you subscribe, you get that automatically next Tuesday. Speaking of podcast next week, I think those of you who listen fairly regularly know that last month I launched something brand new, a second podcast called the Canadian Church Leaders Podcast. Had a fantastic launch. Um, charted both in Canada and the United States into the top 10, which is unbelievable. And I just wanted to let you know, I would love for you to subscribe if you haven't done that yet, especially if you're Canadian. But if you're not Canadian, this will give you some insight into what it's like to minister into a post-Christian context. So it is, and, and I mean, if you listen to leaders like Andy Stanley, Craig Rochelle, you know that many, many now, even in the Bible Belt, are going, okay, something fundamental is changing culture. It sure is. And so anyway, the second episode, episode two, it's a monthly podcast, releases on Monday. So if you head on over to the Canadian Church Leaders Podcast, you can find it through searching that title or just my name uh, and subscribe to that. You'll get that automatically, episode two, in your inbox next Monday. So I'm coming at you with the Canadian Church Leader Podcast on Monday with the monthly release and then the weekly release of this podcast on Tuesday. And again, subscribing changes all that. Hey, if you haven't gone over and checked out trainedup.org, make sure you do that. And just a final word uh, to all of you. Hey, I hope you take some time just to relax this week. I know as a driven leader, you work really, really hard. I work really hard to grind all this stuff out. Here I am early in the morning recording this. But every once in a while, it's good just to relax. Take some time with your family. Take some time for yourself. Take some time with God. And hey, we'll catch you next week on Monday. Uh, if you subscribe to the Canadian Church Leaders Podcast, Tuesday, we're right back with that episode all about why are we so disappointed. So we'll catch you soon. Thanks so much for listening today. If this episode has helped you share it, let us know on social media. And I hope our time together today has helped you lead like never before. You've been listening to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, change, and personal growth to help you lead like never before.